So, why don't you and I have a day out? If we set off now, we can have the whole day together. I've thought about it. You need a break from this place, and nobody will be doing much today anyway. And I know we'll enjoy ourselves. So what do you say? I think I like the idea of it. So that's a yes? But where will we go? I know just the place. Welcome to episode 34 of Conversational Negro Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hey. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 34, the screenplay was done by Joe Boyle. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Liz. Lex and Zandra celebrate their honeymoon away from the others, while Amber and Sasha spend their own time away. Ryan and Bray have taken to sulking. Elsewhere, Celine makes a deal with Rowan that could go terribly awry. So after all the celebrations of the wedding, this episode has a much more despondent feel as the tribe's usual routine is disrupted and everyone seems a bit lost. Um, panel, how do you feel watching this episode? I don't know. For me, it like it just shows how very quickly things can fall apart for certain characters, I guess. Uh, like with the younger ones especially, their routine was absolutely disrupted and now they are lost, you know? Especially Chloe. I fell for that little girl. <laughs> yeah, poor Chloe. The tone struck me on two different levels. Um, on, you know, obviously the whole point is just how necessary amber is to her group mm -hmm. and this is what happens when she's away for even a few hours um and i know this feeling you know i, I grew up in a matriarchy mom usually was the head of the household and uh so for example when i was a kid my grandmother sometimes would go visit her sister for a couple of weeks and it'd just be me and my youngest uncle stuck with my grandfather and you could feel she wasn't in the house. The light was different. The smells were different. And us kids would just be staring at him despondently, like, what happens now? And even he's like, I don't know what to do with you kids. Um, <laughs> it was just this lost feeling when she wasn't there. And it was only for two weeks, you know, but everyone was miserable. She just, her light, her, every, her essence. It's not like we were starving or going without anything. It's not like my grandfather couldn't take care of us. It's just... She brought something to the house he didn't have. And we're all just staring at each other like, what do we do now? And um, by the time I was a teenager, I noticed my mother had that same energy. And I was so used to her being in the house. And one day I came downstairs and the kitchen felt wrong. Not that my mom like lived in the kitchen or anything, but it just felt wrong. The, the sh no one had opened the shutters. No one had lit any incense. No one had opened a window to air the house out. I was just like, what? what's going on? And it turned out my mother had left. She had day trip. And it was just so weird. And I just remember that was the first time it hit me. Like, without my mother here, this just, it doesn't feel like home. What's going on? It's so messed mm -hmm. up. I don't like this feeling. It's, it's horrible. Um, it makes you appreciate what people bring to your household and the energy and the life and how they make it a home, 
you know and yeah when they're gone you're just like everything feels wrong <laughs> and, I, and i think with the kids in this situation they're so like they know how very quickly people can just disappear out of their lives yeah and that's terrifying so having yeah and waking up and having these people not be there you know i get it and on the other level it's a reminder of Remember how I pointed out that I, Sasha is very effervescent and beautiful, but he's not a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Sasha shows up and we basically go on holiday with him. And he's mm -hmm. telling us, don't worry about the food thief. Don't worry about these problems. None of them matter. Right. And yeah. as soon as Sasha leaves the mall, all of that energy goes with him. And all of those problems are still waiting. <laughs> they haven't yep. gone. But, yeah, and it absolutely shows that in this episode, I think, you know, especially right at the end there. You know, uh, just because they put a lock on the food store has not dealt with their food thief, the person in their mall nope. who's having trouble with that. It hasn't changed the dynamics of the characters. These problems haven't gone away, despite Sasha's bubbly, like, hey, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's still sitting there waiting to be dealt with. And um, he's not there anymore. And the mall feels already like a little bit of a darker, more chaotic place. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Like just, oh, the, the whirlwind has left and we're, we have to pick up the pieces. He's not here anymore. We have to get back to our regular lives. And, um, and it definitely plays into that, you know, addiction conversation that we had prior about him being like that, you know. Yep. And then now he's gone. And what are they going to, what are they left with? You know? Yeah. Yep. Like that was fun. He's the party mm -hmm. they had. And now there's the aftermath of the party and it's a disaster and it needs to be cleaned yep. up. And literally, literally and figuratively. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For people who care so much about not getting rats into the mall, I'm surprised at how they left it. Good Lord. What kind of party? <sighs> I, I saw that broken plate and I'm like, what did they do? Ew, what did I miss? <laughs> They're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> what is happening at this party? Jesus. Oh. That, that place was trash. I could not get over it. They went at it like they were demon dogs. It's cool. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm, I'm still surprised that nobody whined about the fact that there was a pig with his complete head still attached on the dinner table. Tell me why Celine wasn't eating on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just Maybe saying. Too macabre, even for Ray. <laughs> yeah, the imagery of this adolescent girl just gnawing on her head. Oh. Uh, no one put the kibosh on that in the writer's room. Like, no, Ray. We can't have her do it. Too that. bad. It would have fit perfectly, I think, with the way that she's been behaving. I can totally see her gnawing on the pig. She's head. been animalistic lately with in everything nope. that she's been doing. So, oh. <laughs> the sensor's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. You can show the dead pig, but you can't be eating it. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll get to something a bit later, but like, did it, sh did it shock you how quickly the mall just falls apart no. without Amber? No, no, not at all. It didn't surprise me. That's quite scary, no? It was, and that's, you know, like, yeah, that's what I kind of, you know, was getting at before, you know, how quickly things can just fall into chaos when one person just disappears, you know, mm. like, but had it been anybody other than Amber, I don't think it would have been because she would have made everybody get it together and keep going, you know, mm. she's the glue. I'm kind of surprised that, you know, Trudy wasn't the only responsible adult still around. We don't see Tyson anywhere. Not at first. 
again, uh, Tysan mm-hmm. never showed any interest in that kind of care. I believe and- that Tysan likes the chaos. I don't, I was wondering about that. I'm not really sure what was going to her head. <laughs> like, uh, that look she gives to the chaos around her. Yep. I, they're going to ask me what I think. Yep. Yeah. I honestly don't even know where to begin. I don't know what is mm-hmm. going through that girl's head. Mm-hmm. That was such an interesting look, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think it kind of sets the tone for later on in the show, you know, as far as her character goes. It's very creepy. If you think about it, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay, mentioning someone else, Del. Dal, poor guy. Again, Dal has never taken that role. He's never stepped up to the plate of leadership. He makes small scale decisions. And so I'm not surprised that he didn't jump up and say, okay, you I can see him helping out by doing little things, you know? I but I know. think like his helping out was sitting there with Jack. Yeah, honestly, everything these kids are doing seems very in character from what we It does. It absolutely does. Because Amber is the one that comes in and she's like, all right, we come together. This is what everyone's doing. Yep. You know? And if she's not there to tell them, they they just are like, eh, whatever. Yep. It's like being at work and the boss being gone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if she had come, you know, hit the pan, say, okay, guys, time to clean up from the party. They would have gotten together and they would have cleaned up with minimum problems. Yep. She's not there to tell them to do it. They're just like, eh. Like to see Trudy try to tell them all to clean up. <laughs> Poor Trudy's got her hands full. She's. I know. Pretty, uh, I haven't slept in days. Dude, I, I was like instant murder. Lex would be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> that body language of her with Brady. It's like, oh my word. Anyone who's mm-hmm. had to do this knows that. Like, it's so recognizable. She doesn't have to say anything. We're like, oh, I feel you. That's, uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, the baby's probably teething, which makes it, you know, I'm like, oh, girl, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that juggling of the baby, that desperate mm-hmm. juggle that you get. You're just like, oh, I'm shaking you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to shake you. Shake you. Yes. I'm not shaking you. I'm not shaking you at all. <laughs> We're just rocking. We're just rocking very aggressively. <laughs> Oh, Trudy. She tried, I think, with everyone this episode, too, you know? Oh, my gosh. There's no one she could count on. Absolutely <laughs> no one. God, right? I have a baby. Could you help me out here just a little bit? They don't care because they don't get it, you know? They're all too wrapped up in their own things. And I think that, you know, they're, they're teenagers. They're going to be. But why does it fall on Trudy? Because she's the mother? That moment when Sasha greets her in the morning and that just... <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the strength in her voice like if there's nothing you can do to help me i don't want to have a conversation yeah, right i don't need anything to do with you you can just go okay thank you <laughs> and even he's like yeah there's nothing i can do yeah I, yeah good luck with that <laughs> at least he knows you know what i mean yeah yeah she's like yeah it was some party this is great anyway um <laughs> Ah, classic Trudy look. If they could kill. Mm-hmm. I would have killed a lot of people if I was her. And then with the door, it's totally Trudy. Uh-huh. Oh, and Bray's response to her, I just... Ah, uh, man, it's like, like I was saying, I, I'm like, they're going to tear Bray apart today. <laughs> tear to shreds. Because he was so horrible this episode. So bad. Oh, Bray. <laughs> Yes, he was. I'm like, I'm supposed to try to defend this, and I'm like, ah, I can't. Okay, let's, let's stick with that. Right. <laughs> what do you think about Bray's behavior in this episode? I mean, I'm not surprised. 
it definitely is playing you know they're the they're continuing that that broody jealous storyline you know but good grief dude (laughs) you are not 13 years old you are technically a grown man in this world act like it they have him pound and spray painting like, like he's like going full emo right now. Where is the you know emo music? We need something. Come on, anything. Hair flip. Give me something. <laughs> I feel like they want you to feel bad for Bray, but I don't know if it's just that Dwayne looks too old to be behaving this way, or I hate his pouty face in general. I can't feel bad for him. I'm just exasperated and like impatient with him I agree like I feel like though like the first time around I felt bad for him you know what I mean like this time watching the show I'm like bro you can't do this you can't be acting like this you know (sighs) Dwayne has just made a leap in just the last few weeks like if you look at his face in the pilot episode and his face Mm -hmm. now Dwayne has already made a bunch of physical changes in his development you could say he still looked a bit like a boy in the pilot episode. You know what I mean? That six months has made a huge difference in Dwayne's face. He's made that leap from boy, you know. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I definitely, when I was looking at his face, I'm like, oh, come on. He just looks too old to be pouting this he way. do better than that, yeah. Even though, granted, he's technically still the same age, it's not going to have the same effect on your brain like you may not know what you're picking up but you are picking up on the fact that he seems too old to be behaving this way yeah even if he is still the same age um yeah that is that is a problem for Dwayne. he looks too much a man mm-hmm. to be behaving like a teenager even if he is a teenager you know what i mean uh, it's not yeah. his fault it's just he matured very quickly and his jaw squares up all yeah. of a sudden he lost all of his little his little bit of baby fat in his face. It's gone. Six months. And then he's up. tensing his jaw like he does. And yeah. And his lips. Yes. Like, he yeah. looks like a grown man who's pouting. Yeah. Like he looks like a grown man who's angry and he's plotting revenge. He's the oldest guy in the boy band. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 He looks a little too old to be in the boy band. <laughs> yeah. He's the Chris of sync. Yes. Thank you. Like every boy band has that guy who's just... A little too old to be in there. He looks a little too old to be in there. And uh, yeah, you know, and it's like you too old to be doing this. And even though, again, I get it. He is the age where he, this is perfectly acceptable. But I look at his face and I see a grown man pouting. Do you feel the same way though, say if it were like Ryan or or Lex? I, I, again, those two still manage to hold on to some of that babiness that makes them look like teenagers. So I'm like, yeah, they look like they should be behaving this way. You know what I mean? Like, I guess Ryan still does look very young. Yeah. It's not fair to Dwayne. That's why I pointed it out. Like, it's an unfair judgment I'm making on him, but my eyes see a man who's too old to be acting this way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. For me, it's, I'm seeing it differently. I get what you're saying. You know, I just look at it in a different way, I suppose. I kept thinking back to something Trudy said the episode before about her having a lucky escape. Thank goodness I didn't marry Bray. And all I could think was, yep, lucky escape, girl. Oh. (laughs) way he's behaving. Maybe I just don't like the way Bray looks when he pouts in general. Yeah, it's not very flattering. It's not becoming at all for Bray. 
So I get that I'm supposed to feel sorry for this guy who's lost out on the girl he's crazy about, but that's not what I feel. I'm just like, shut up. (laughs) I hate his lips when he pouts. (laughs) I'm just, it's aesthetically unpleasing when he pouts. It is. It's weird. And I love Dwayne and I love, you know, Bray in general, Mm -hmm. but so I try try not to, I'm not going to get on him too hard because I feel like I have a okay. I, I, I have a bias to the way he looks, and it's probably not fair. <laughs> I just don't feel bad for him, you know, for praying this. I know. Because yeah. he's free in the world to get with Amber, yeah. if that's wanted, and then to sit there and pout and be whining. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, that, yeah, I agree. You know, like, and that's why I said, like, I think the first time watching the show, I felt for him because I was like, oh, he lost his chance with her, you know, like, so sad. But now that I'm watching it, I'm like, bro, you really, you really could have done so much more to to make this happen. You just acted like it, she should read your mind. He was acting like a woman. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. And now, and now she's off gallivanting with someone else and he's like, she should have known. <laughs> Maybe Dwayne's just not very good at playing this part. I know. I don't, I don't think that he's good at playing with the jealous, you know. Whiny. Um, yeah. You know, self-indulgent. It just doesn't, every time he does it, it just doesn't feel natural to him. Like, bro- Okay. He broods a lot. We get that. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, I can understand that. You know, he's a he's a loner. He likes to be by himself. He sulks a lot, you know, or it seems like mm-hmm. he's off sulking. So when we see it and we actually see it in our faces, we're like, no, this this isn't what he's doing all the time, is it? Like, every time he runs away from the mall, is this what he's acting like? Uh, oh, Bray. I don't... I'm- I'm not bothered when, so it's like, if you compare it to when he was, you know, obviously upset about his brother, yeah. it, never, it never bothered me. But again, I think hey. it's just because he looked younger, so I accepted it, that yeah, he should feel this way. He's a child. And but you know, I think point, losing your brother, you should feel that way at any age. You yeah. Know? You know, oh, and that makes sense. At this point, I, it's, a, it's the contrast of the fact that Dwayne suddenly looks like a man with his square jaw. Oh. It, He's basically got a cleft in that chin. And, yeah. and, you know, you mix that with a pouting like a teenager, even though technically he is a teenager. My brain is just like, I don't care, dude. I don't care about your problems. And you could have done something about this. And now you're acting like a jerk to other people because you didn't get, ah, I don't care. I don't care, mm-hmm. man. And then he judges, he, he's so good at judging others who do the yes. same. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh yeah, he's definitely one of those people that he can. He's not one of those "what's good for the goose is good for the gander" type of people. <laughs> nope. But I mean, I think that's in general most people. It's pretty crazy how few people, you know, uh, how no. many people walk through life with this idea that certain rules apply to them, certain rules apply for other people, and oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're really though getting a, a good look for Bray at at this point. We're kind of seeing him for who he is, you know a closer look at how he can be behind the scenes, what he's not showing everyone else all the time, you know? Yeah. In general, this doesn't actually bother me all that much. It's mm-hmm. tiresome, but I'm not like... That's what it is. It is. It's just annoying. You yeah, know, it's like, like, come on. We can move, can we move on? 
please. It doesn't ruin his character for right. me. Right, um, right. Like, I don't mind that the hero of the story is a sulking brat when things don't go his way. Fine. Yes. It just makes him more human. I'm it fine does. with that. Exactly. Um, that's what I, you know, that's what I mean. Like, it absolutely takes away that Gary Stu persona of him yeah. being perfect. I just don't care. That's all. It's like, I can't. Yeah, I, I just have don't, no investment in his misery. You can't muster the Fs to give. Yes. Yeah, but if it was about something that was actually worth pouting about, sure. But he dropped the ball on this. But he seems to, he comes off as that, you know, worldly person. He knows things, right? Or this is how he tries to be, you know? And he's taken down by a crush. (laughs) Exactly. You know, exactly. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) He's taken down by a pretty blonde face. Yeah. And it's quite the lovely face, so I don't blame him. I know. Amber's, Amber's a cat. She's too good yeah, for she him. She is. I think <laughs> she is. I think she is too good for him. He should be pouting. Like, man, you missed mm-hmm. that boat. What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. And look what you lost her to, man. A vagrant. A wonderful. Oh my god. With weird pigtails in his hair. <laughs> man, he didn't even have to try. He just had to be nice. Man, what did you set this up, up, Bray? Pipe cleaners, Bray. Pipe cleaners in his hair. <laughs> You pulled a coin out of someone's ear and couldn't get it done. You had time, Bray. He came in here and macked it in a weekend. Come on, Bray. A, we- a day. A- an hour sitting at that camp and she was done. Oh, gosh. No wonder Bray is pouting. <laughs> no wonder. He's like, I tried so hard all this time. I've been putting the time in. What did I do wrong? I'll tell you what you did wrong, Bray. You didn't make her laugh. I'm telling you. Exactly. Exactly. When he when he made her laugh, I was like, oh, she's done. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. She's done for. Women aren't joking when they say we love a man that makes us laugh. No, absolutely. The best thing in the world. I mean, I'm scared to ask the next question. Like, uh, how, how do you feel about Bray's inability to reassure <laughs> Chloe? Uh, I'm not surprised in the least, but he's never been really hands on with the kids. So her coming to him felt kind of weird to me. But he tried a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think it's weird that she went to him, though. I mean, when she had issues with Bluebell and everything. True. True. He was the one who helped her hide her secret for a bit. And he seemed to be one of the only available adults at the moment. Yeah, I mean, if your choices are truly with a screaming baby. Exactly. Lex and Zombra in, in their wedding bed screaming for people to make food for them. Or a brooding Brady. Or a brooding Bray. <laughs> brooding Bray or Jack that, who's screaming on the floor about being injured. Yeah, I, I, I can. I, you're right. It does make sense that she would go to Bray. You're right. I take back what I said. He didn't try very hard to come. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> when he put his arm around her, I'm like, oh gosh. That's all you can do right now Bray really but at least it was something and that's why I said he tried a little bit because he could have treated her the same way that he treated that he treated Trudy (laughs) and he didn't I half expected him to like I did I half expected him to lash out at her I honestly think Chloe caught him off guard by stating the truth like he would have come up with some platitude I'm sure he could have you know Mm -hmm. uh, anything but she's the one who calls him out that this feeling you know, it's not her imagination. We're all feeling the same way. He's got yep. no answer for that. She just kind of hit him in the chest with the truth. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what they're all feeling. The sense that it's like someone died. Something is missing. And he knows exactly what is missing. You know, and yep. so I, I think he, she just caught him off guard. He has nothing he can say to that. 
Like, yeah, you're right, kid. <laughs> this sucks. I don't, I don't even have the energy to lie to you about it. I think that's something Bray does. I, you know, he, when he knows, like, something is true, he, he will we'll admit, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Unless, of course, it's about Amber. But um, you're right. She got him. She, she absolutely got him with that one. Because he could have come up with something. He normally does. Mm-hmm. He normally has something that, you know, something somewhere where he, that he can pull out of the hat. Also, it felt like a moment where it shows a genuine respect. Chloe may be a child, but she's not dumb. And Bray doesn't uh, patronize her. Yeah. Shooting like she's an idiot and that what she's feeling isn't real. You know, just the fact that he has nothing to say validates exactly what she's feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can be very important when you're a child connecting to an adult. And um, so I think it has more meaning that he doesn't try to just come up with something to make this all better. Yeah. You know, he acknowledged, he validates, you're right, kid. This is exactly how it feels. This sucks. I don't know what to tell you about that, you know? Yeah. I think they have like a, not a necessarily a big connection, but a type of connection. Like he trusted her enough with the zoot thing. Yeah. Poor Chloe. I just felt for her so much this episode. I really did. Well, Bray's not a father, that's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I remember my uncle and I were like six years apart. And um, so he grew up more like my big brother. And I can tell you that having that honest connection with him was far more uh, important to me than any adult trying to tell me everything was going to be okay. Absolutely. You know? That's how I feel about my, my uncles as well. You know, we were raised by the same people, same household. You know, I get it. Yep. <laughs> So just sitting with them and being able to be like, does this suck? And they basically tell you, yeah, kid, it does. Yep, like, absolutely. That feels better than them lying to you and saying, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and then you're having a little bit of hope, like, oh, it's okay. And then it all come crushing down. Mm. I think Bray did okay. I think Bray may not have given her much comfort, but I think he did okay in the situation that was given to him. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with how he handled yeah. Chloe. You know. Yeah. It may not have been exactly what Chloe wanted to hear, but Chloe's not that kind of kid anyway. She's not like Patsy. She doesn't need to hear that things are going to be butterflies and rainbows. Right. She'd rather have you just be straight with her because yes. she can see it with her own eyes. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But telling her she's being paranoid. I, I don't think he meant it in a way that was like negative. Just that no. she's worried too much. She's worried like, too much. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. You know, like you're being paranoid. It's, it's okay. He's probably thinking that for she's looking at this like, what if everything goes bad again? And he's like, oh, calm mm-hmm. down, slow your roll. Yep. It's just yep. one day where everything's out of whack, and yep. it's because nobody's doing what we usually do. That's all. Just calm down. I don't think he means you're paranoid, like you're crazy. Just you're a little over anxious because of past trauma. And I think that was him trying to calm her down. Yes, exactly. Trying to comfort her. That's all, that's all he could give her. You know what I mean? Because he was dealing with the things himself. This feels awful, but just relax. It's only one day, and it's because everybody, nobody's doing what we usually do. Our schedule's been fuzzed. It's okay. And maybe that was just as comforting to him. Yes. As it was to her. Amber will return. (laughs) Yes. Do you think of your family often? All the time. Me too. I wonder what they'd be doing. What I'd be doing. And what they'd think of me if they could see me now. I think they'd be very proud. Oh, no. Oh, yes. How could they not be? A daughter who's so beautiful, intelligent, caring. Sasha, you'll have me blushing in a minute. (laughs) 
okay, let's um, step away from the mall for a moment. So Sasha convinces Amber to take the day off and they go to the beach. And while they're there, they talk about their families and Amber wonders what hers would think of her. Um, yeah, panel, what do you think about that scene? Um, and what it tells us about the burden of responsibility that Amber's placed on herself. That girl is so hard on herself. Uh, like insanely hard on herself because she doesn't give herself a break at all. At all. I mean, when he says, I'm sure they'd be proud of you, she's like, no. And I'm like, really? You don't think they'd be they proud would of you? So proud. Amber, what do you think you're messing up on that your parents would criticize you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, given the situation, I, I like, she is so hard on herself. She has some mm. high expectations. Yes, I think we can all agree that she's handled this probably better than anybody we've met. (laughs) Heck yeah, better than I could at 14. Or maybe she's just not good at taking compliments. That could be a thing too. That could be, absolutely could be a thing, Mm -hmm. which would make sense because she's young. I wasn't good at taking compliments. I'm still not good at taking compliments. Not to mention we're trained not to take compliments, Mm -hmm. especially as females in our system. And a cute boy is telling her nice things, you know, and everything that she wants to hear. and And of course the right thing to say is no no not no, at all of course not. yeah yeah so i mean that it, it kind of just you know it's a little moment she is way too hard on herself though for sure because yeah. she's doing i think she's doing a better job yeah than anyone could and she's doing a job that she didn't have to do yes mm-hmm. she didn't have to you know take in these children and decide that she was going to be their surrogate you know whatever you want to call it I'm not going to say mother but uh she did it anyway and that enough like that right there is enough to be proud of i think i do think it means a lot though having people i mean it's you're supposed to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. you learn as you get older that you have to do the right thing without anybody patting you on the back unfortunately that's just you know but man it means a lot to have someone say Mm -hmm. you're doing great you're doing an amazing job you know um yeah how much you need to hear it Uh uh-huh um and she did need to hear that. She did, <laughs> absolutely. But it's interesting. I thought it was interesting that when Bray told her she was doing a great job, she's hesitant to believe him. But when Sasha tells her she's doing a great job, she beams like this great big it's smile. It's because she, of the feelings she has for Sasha. You know, I don't know if Amber necessarily has the same type of feelings for Bray. There was certainly that attraction, you know what I mean? But Sasha came in and swept her off her feet, like literally swept her off her feet. Like I don't think she's given Bray a second look, you know? I think it has a lot to do with respect. I mean, Sasha has been, you know, happy, uh, uh, someone who's looked up to her from moment one, whereas Bray has done so many things that Amber cannot justify. Yeah, that she deems... His opinion is not as valuable as Sasha's Mm, is, in her eyes. I don't know, but she doesn't know Sasha. How can she respect him if she doesn't know him? I don't think Amber particularly respects Sasha. Mm. I just really think, you know, she has this major crush on him, and she's very much enjoying the attention, you know? So, of course, what he says is going to hold merit over Mm -hmm. Ray. You know, yeah, maybe there was that attraction. Maybe she thought, but he never made a move. He never made it clear to her that he was interested. You know what I mean? He just kissed other girls. Like, whereas Sasha from get-go was, hey, I want to make you happy. Let me make you happy. You know? I think it comes down to the difference between infatuation and love Mm -hmm. and easy and complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're young, especially when we're young, 
I think any, I think all of us can agree. We've had infatuations with people and mm-hmm. it was very easy. It was super easy to like them and yep. fall for them and be with them and just enjoy ourselves with them. And we didn't think of too much about them as people. We might not have known much about them, um, but we just had a great time being with them. And, yes. uh, and then there are other people in our lives where for some reason the love came so hard, so complicated, so fraught with deeper, complex emotions. And um, so I, I, I agree with Maggie in the sense that how can she respect Sasha when she doesn't really know him? I think the feelings she has for Sasha are very uncomplicated. She doesn't know that much about him. And there's nothing to color or muddy the water for her. No, nope, it's it just fun. It just feels good. Mm-hmm. It's uncomplicated and feels good yep. being with this mm-hmm. guy. He's done nothing to make her feel otherwise, you know? Um, he's just been nothing but freaking sunshine and rainbows from the moment Absolutely. he's in life. That just feels nice. But it's not and that's a- something that hasn't been around for a while. And I think her feelings for Bray are much more deep and complicated. Yes. It's not, I don't think they're shallow. I don't think they don't, they're not as deep. I don't think, I don't think like when she, compared to Sasha that, oh, she just didn't care about Bray. I just feel like it's the complexity of actually knowing somebody and knowing all their shades and having to reconcile things about this person that you may not like or approve of despite your deep feeling for Which them. Which plays into what Sabine said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we have family. And we have friends. We may have friends that it's not even that deep, but we just love being with them, you know, mm-hmm. and we have family who puts us to hell, but we cannot cut them from our lives. Yep. It's mm-hmm. a deep, complex love for this person. And um, so I, that might be the difference between Bray and Sasha. Like neither is better than the other, but they both have their their positives and their negatives, you know, could which Amber be able to sustain this feeling for Sasha if she he'd be stuck around eventually he's gonna do stuff to make her question him <laughs> you know eventually oh, yeah. come to conflict but right now they're basically rose and jack on the titanic they have nothing mm-hmm. but until the iceberg hits <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's like because they don't know each other that much they they see what they like and that's all they've got and they're happy with that and um they don't stay together long enough to discover anything they don't like about each other your summer camp romance. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it is right there. I was thinking that last time. Again, it's still just as valid in your life. You absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but that's what a, it is. It's a different kind of romance. And it's the guy at home that, you know, you go back to and okay, real life. <laughs> you spray paint a wall with Sasha, but you put a puzzle together with Bray. One requires just spontaneity and fun another requires a lot of communication and cooperation and patience yes you just yeah you absolutely oh, so much patience is needed <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor brain it's no wonder he and trudy wouldn't would have wouldn't have worked out you know yeah they needed a lot of time blasphemy i know i know blasphemy but <laughs> at this point in their life no right now absolutely not no no absolutely not you're you're right. My poor Bray, you guys. I'm being nice to him. I'm being very fair. I haven't I, haven't I know you are. You're being very fair. Apparently Sabine just doesn't like him today. You didn't know? Oh my gosh, she's his biggest critic. She's horrible to him. <laughs> Quick hide. 
Who is it? Demon dogs. Don't do that. Okay, let's um yeah, let's talk about that Ryan scene. Um so Ryan wakes up outside the mall and he's discovered by a couple of city kids who try to befriend him. Um but he kind of coyly tells them that he's not part of a tribe and he hides when Amber and Sasha pass by. Um yeah, Panel, what did you think of that scene and Ryan? I think it made perfect sense for Ryan yes. to get out of the mall as fast as he can. He was staying there at first because Alex he saw Alexis, his best friend. Sandra as the girl he loved. Well, in recent episodes, he's learned that Lex has been making fun of him. Yep. Because of everything with the money. And the girl he loved has just married the biggest jackass in his life. Yeah. And I think he stayed stuck around the mall, you know, to protect Zandra. But now he doesn't need to anymore. Well, she married Lex and, yep. well, she's off the market. Yep. yep I, th- I, was, I was very saddened by that scene. Actually, yeah. I, you know, because Ryan deserves better. He deserves to be at the mall, whereas I don't think Lex does. It does say something about Ryan, though, that he's capable of being very decisive. Yes. I mean, up until mm-hmm. this point, you don't really see a lot from Ryan that makes you think that, oh, he, he makes decisions for well, himself. He just let Lex make all the decisions. Right. You know? So for Ryan to be like, to stick to his guns, to get Lex to that altar, to get Zandra the wedding she wants, and then yep. as soon as it was over... He just bailed. He doesn't say anything to anyone. He makes a conviction. I, I can't be there with them anymore. Yeah. This is a lot about who he is at his core, fundamentally. Yeah. But also, yeah. he, can't, he can't bear to watch that. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he just doesn't want to see what will happen there, how unhappy she will eventually be, or it's how unhappy she will be. It's a double-edged sword, yeah, just like you said. You don't want to see how miserable the person you love is going to be in this ill-fitted match. And you don't want to see their elation at it either. No, you absolutely don't want to see them be happy. I think you don't want to see them be happy more than you don't want to see them be sad. Mm-hmm. And I, the fact that he decides to just remove himself from the situation rather than sit around pouting about it. He, he's proactive. I, and I, I can't think that it. shows he's a lot more mature than you know people give him credit for. Yes, and but I agree. It's heartbreaking to watch that. This mm-hmm. is how much pain Ryan is in that he had to remove yes. himself from yes. the mall because you know, you know why he did it, and it it's it is it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't even take much with him. No, he, he doesn't say goodbye to anyone. He doesn't tell anyone where he's going. And yeah, it's very sad. And he obviously left during the party since he's sleeping there. Yeah. He had one last hurrah and then was gone. But he did, but, you know, he, he kept his word. Yep. Like you said. And then he was like, okay, I'm gone. I'm out of here. You know? Like, Not around for the wedding night. Nope. And I don't blame him from hiding from Amber and Sasha, you know? Like, it just reiterates that he's not planning on going back to the mall at this no, point. No, because he knows if he sees Amber, Amber's going to be like, what are you doing? And then then he would, she would take him back to the mall. Or talk him back into going. Exactly. He wouldn't exactly. be able to resist if, you know, Amber was yep. just like, hey, yep. are you coming home or what? He wouldn't be able oh, to say no. I, I thought no. a bit differently. Yeah. I thought he was like trying to um, protect them by not sh- not getting the other two to see that who they were. Oh, I saw that differently. When I saw it the first time, that's what I felt. I, I didn't think he was trying to protect Amber and Sasha because I don't think he saw the two guys he was with as a threat to Amber and Sasha. Now, when we're first introduced to them, they approach his sleeping yeah. form with bricks. And you think, oh my gosh, they might be dangerous. But then when he wakes up, 
and they realize he's friendly, they do not attack him at all. Yeah. Even though yeah. they still have the advantage. And you realize, oh, they they weren't trying to attack him. They were protecting themselves from him. But as soon as he shows himself to be friendly, they're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't think Ryan felt he wouldn't have had to protect Amber and Sasha from these two guys because I think he's already got a readout. They wouldn't attack them at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, yeah. notice the way the guys react when he says it was Locos, and they're like, oh, thank God we had you, mate, looking out for us. They're just like Ryan. Mm -hmm. They're not aggressive. They're not looking for trouble. They don't have a tribe. You can see they're kind of grubby. They don't have they don't have any supplies on them. You know, they're just yeah. trying to get by. So uh, I thought it had way more to do with Ryan not wanting to be taken back to the mall. Oh, I didn't see that. No, I thought the way he was looking between the two, and they still had bricks in their hands. I think he was just trying to get the distance between them. Because Ryan could have easily just told them, don't worry, they're not dangerous. And I think those kids... And they would have believed him. You're cool, mate. I mean, what are they doing with their spare time? They're breaking bottles, chilling with him, talking mm -hmm, about yeah. starting a group together. Like These are just some lonely kids who <laughs> don't have anybody. They're not troublemakers. <laughs> but I mean, they, they instantly ask him, you with a tribe? No? You want to start one? Ryan's like, I've had enough of that, looking out for other people. Yeah. And that's, oh, the way he says that, like, you can feel I the know. bitterness. Like, I know. And, you know, I really feel that, that that scene with the money and Lex was really the, the, the starting point for Ryan really seeing Lex for who and what he is. Because mm -hmm. we talked about the fact that Ryan isn't with Lex because Lex does anything for him, protects him, looks right. out for him. Ryan chose to look after Lex. Yes, mm -hmm. of loyalty chose to be loyal to him, and this is what he got out of being loyal to Lex. And this is the bitterness he feels from. This is what happens when you look out for other people. This is how they treat you. He looked out for Zandra, and she used him because all she wanted was Lex. And just you realize the bitterness that Ryan is feeling, the hurt and the betrayal, and just like mm -hmm. I don't want any part of looking out for other people. Not to mention the last move he made to look out after someone was to try and buy them from slavery, only to discover his money was worthless. Yep. Ooh, it's been a bad mm -hmm. week for Ryan. Poor Ryan. I don't want to care about anybody. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Had enough of that looking out for other people. Same. Dude. The sense of they don't look out for you, you know? Right. That's what Ryan's learned. They don't look out for you. You get the short end of that stick. Oh, my poor Ryan, sweetheart. Mm. I hate the idea of Ryan on his own. I don't Same. know why it bothers me so much. I I don't like it. Like this first time, and then again when it happens in season two, I'm like, somebody stop him. Get him back to the mall. This is this doesn't feel right. Ryan should not be on his own. And I don't even like whoobies, but I love Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big old teddy bear. He's the deserveable whoobie, I guess. <laughs> Like, he deserves all the wub in the world. <laughs> I guess. It just, I hate to see him alone, isolated, and hurt. I'm like, somebody fix that. <laughs> I don't blame Ryan for not wanting to be in the mall. Me neither. I wouldn't want to. I mean, come on. Lex knows how much Ryan loved Sandra. Of course he did. What and then to shout out at him throughout the mall. That just goes to show you how very little Lex cares about anyone but himself. Yeah. I mean, but come on, making trying to get the guy to make you breakfast in bed for your honeymoon. You gotta admit, though, the look on Lex's face when he realizes he's defeated. 
priceless. Oh, yeah. That look on his face when he realizes Ryan isn't coming. Yep. Priceless. Absolutely. There's a lot of denial. Like, he doesn't accept that his right, you know, hand man isn't rushing to his side to help him with something. And that, is it possible that I actually... I actually pushed him away. Like I've actually lost him. No, I don't want to admit that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to 10. Mm-hmm. Even though I know it's pointless when I, by the time I got to six, that he's not coming. He is not yep. here, not answering me. It's interesting seeing that look on Lex's face and he can't let it go. He keeps loved counting. <laughs> like Lex, I loved it. Pulling, you know, he ain't coming. Lex doesn't handle, you know, rejection well. And it was so deserved. It was, it was delicious. I loved it. No, the war- I'm warning you. All these uh-huh. things, all these little tricks, and, and it's, it's like, like the nerve, man. The, he's not even there to hear you, Lex. Nope. That's that's how much he's abandoned you. He's not mm-hmm. even in the vicinity. You're just shouting out into the void, you small little man, to the yeah. emptiness. And it shows just how alone Lex actually is. There's also such a pettiness to his behavior because it's like mm-hmm. you won the girl that you knew your best friend was in love with. Do you really need to rub that in his face? <laughs> yeah, he now, knew he hurt him. He hurt yeah, him, you know, he didn't care. Even now, he's still, like, asserting that dominance. Like, not only did I get the girl, but I'm going to make you cook for me and the girl. Like, jeez, mm-hmm. Like, wow. Your inability to care about anybody is an- impressive. <laughs> That's amazing that you can care this little about anyone else but yourself. It's not surprising, though. It's really no. not. In fact, that's what I felt like watching the episode. I'm like, I don't really have much to say about this behavior. It's so on brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is so Lex. Unbelievable. It's just the audacity, you know? Mm -hmm. As for hand Zandra, um, I am glad that Zandra's wedding night went well. I'm happy for Uh her sake because of how much value she placed on her virginity and her yes. first time. So I am pleased that she had a lovely time. That makes me happy. Yes. She seems very happy the next day. <laughs> um, and giddy, you know. What a lucky girl. This has one of those cringy moments where I just, like, I'm so embarrassed. I know. <laughs> I know. I was watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, she's, she's not an innocent anymore. I don't know how to feel. Oh, so yeah, the whole happy po- post coitus. I'm like, I'm glad it went well for you too. Um, Zon- at, le- at least for Zandra's sake, I'm pleased yes. it went okay. <laughs> um, it's a little cringy, uh, just because I don't know. Even when I'm having those those morning after giddy like banter back and forth, even then I'm like, oh, we're so cringe. Absolutely, me too. Same, same. <laughs> Today, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I was like, "Oh, Sandra, <sighs> that poor girl," because she doesn't really know what's in store for her. And there's just that sense, like, Lex is like I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna, I, you know, I want my wife cooking on the day after we've gotten married. And you can see this look on Zandra's face, like, wow, things are going to be different now. Uh, I know. And I want to say, no, sweetie, it's because he's getting laid. That's the Yes, that's the only (laughs) difference. That's what always puts Lex in a good mood, sweetheart. Oh, man. um, Yeah. um, I don't have much on it. I'm glad that it wasn't horrible for Zandra. I'm glad she got what she wanted. I'm glad her fantasy has not been demolished yet. Yes. And that's it. 
That's <laughs> all I got. <laughs> is it just when you move, or is there an ache all the time? All the time, and then when I move, wham! Try to accommodate your pain, Jack. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, slowly. Good. Remember, it is your pain. You are in charge. Don't let it take over. There. Is that a little better? No! Just as I suspected, the leg is broken. We'll need to construct a splint of some kind. Mm, but first... Comfrey. What? Knit um, bone. It's an old herbal remedy used for helping broken bones to heal. You're not going to put that on my leg, are you? I, I mean, what's in it? Comfrey leaves, of course. Uh, yeah, um, something I was just thinking about earlier. Like, what do you think of Tai San introducing natural healing to the of the Morats? Um, yeah, with, with, like, with, did it surprise you that Dao hadn't worked out that Jack's legs was broken? It I did. don't think it was. I, I mean, it surprised me that he didn't know to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, his father was mm. a doctor, right? Yeah, and basic first aid. You immobilized the leg, and he didn't do that. Everything about that scene is weird to me. I actually kind of hate the storyline, because the way people are behaving seems so off-brand for them. Like you said, Dal should at least have some idea what to do with any kind yes. of instinct. Yes, <laughs> for sure. You know, you know, EMT care. He would yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Um, but... They act as though the only thing Dal has to offer is knowing how often to give painkillers. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Dal would have more knowledge than that. For but sure. I don't think uh, I don't think Jack's leg is broken. And um, this would not be the first time that Tyson has misdiagnosed <laughs> a person. And um, True. I don't think it's broken at all because I honestly, I think the worst, he probably has a really bad sprain or a torn ligament. But the fact that Jack is on his feet in within a week's time, just count the days. He'll be walking around. That is not a break. It's, it's not even a fracture. Um, I walked. I walked on a broken ankle immediately after breaking it. I don't know. I just don't. But no, I. I mean, yeah, the way that she did, like, she was just like, "It's broken." I'm like, "Okay, no. okay, Miss X-ray Vision." <laughs> like, still, it wouldn't have made a difference because uses Compre for him, which is something they also use for sprains and other things like. Basically, anything you can injure in a leg when it's not bone sticking out. You know, so it's not like she could have done anything particularly wrong with that. I just thought that it was crazy. Like when she said, put it in the splint. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that that's not something that Dal should have known? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, I don't like the scene. It rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed Casey throwing up in her purse <laughs> or in her bag. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Just keep it, kid. <laughs> I am not cleaning that stuff up. It's all yours. But I, I do like that they actually bring in her knowledge of herbal remedies. Yeah. With medication gone, that's all that they're going to have. I think it could have been written better, though. Yeah. I, just, I don't like the way... It, I understand. Like I think it's great to, you know bring in the natural healing where the medicinal intervention isn't really doing the trick. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way they wrote it in. It just feels clunky. And again, just like you guys said, it makes no sense that Dal isn't thinking more along his own training of what to do in this situation. 
And I don't, I saw, I don't like the same. To go get antibiotics. Yeah. You know what I mean? To save Trudy's life, but he couldn't know to mobilize a leg injury. Come yeah. on. I just, it, everything about it feels wrong to me. I don't care for it. Not to mention, you couldn't paint a bruise on this kid's leg to convince me that something's going it was on. A, it was a little red. It was a little red. I'm like, you want me to think his leg is broken? I need to see them bruising. When I, and when I broke my ankle, it was purple and looked like there was a softball off the side of it. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, convincing me. All that, all that face paint, yeah, and they couldn't put some bruises on him. I, maybe I'm just being petty. I just never yeah. like to see it. It's, it's okay. It, it's just, it's, it is strange. And, you know, especially since Jack's injury happened when Amber was still in the mall, she would have also known at least a basic knowledge of first age, you know? But she wasn't, okay, she might have been in the mall, but she wasn't in the mall. Yeah, but, but when Jack injured himself, was during the bachelors yeah yeah no no i know but what i what i mean that is that she was preoccupied yeah, yeah she, she had other her. things on his ma on her mind you know like but if if she would have gotten involved then yeah she would have known that's why right. dallin broke her name he's like if amber were here she would agree with me yeah mm -hmm. yeah i don't care for the scene but i get the point of it yeah because amber was upstairs she was upstairs wasn't she with uh, uh when he hurt himself, yeah. Yeah, and then they all went downstairs and Zandra did her Zandra scream and Yeah, and, and Amber went looking at what happened, you know? But again, she didn't get involved in his care. She just said, Okay, it's time for us all to go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we just need to get Jack in bed and get his leg up. She didn't come check on him the next day. She did sure. know to to get it, you know, elevated at least. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that's not Amber's forte, so I mean that's not her area of expertise. She would definitely have said, Dal, what do you think? And Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I, I think the point of the scene works, at least, because it does feel like a bunch of clucking chickens, you know, who don't know what the frick they're talking about, trying to decide <laughs> what to do with someone's injured leg. It does have that. Yeah. They're all in there. No one knows what they're doing. And the one person who should be an expert on this, no one's actually listening to him. And... <laughs> I do think it, it at least brings about that chaos. Like if Amber had come in the room, she would have brought order to it immediately. And uh, but she's not there, and so this is what we got. Bray's useless at this, you know. And um, apparently, Dal doesn't know what to do. And here's Tyson going, "It's broken." Like I don't believe you. Let me just do a little touchy touch. Okay. Does it? What well, does this feel better? It's broken. Like what? No. Like that leg looks so good for a fracture. I'll tell you that, girl. Oh man! Until she put that whatever on it. Country. Then and I was then like, well, just now cut it off. Come on. Yeah, it healed the break. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. It's healing the bones from the outside in. Get out of your Tyson. <laughs> but it is actually something that they used. That. Oh yeah, no, I know. It's just the way the Tyson is. Oh, I, do, I, don't, I don't like the way it's written. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's magic. She should have just snapped her fingers. It would have been more believable. Hey, she did the same thing with Chloe's ankle back then. She snapped exactly. There we but go. But it was with Chloe's ankle. She just recognized it's a sprain. We just have to wrap it. You know what I mean? Like that's. I just feel like this was over dramatic. I don't think yeah. it's like broken oh. at all. <laughs> You're not convincing me. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with this scene. I don't like it. And I'm being really petty. It, apparently. It's okay. What do you think of 
Patsy continuing her evil streak on a drunken KC. Oh, gosh, Patsy, what a little brat. She's just a little brat. You know, and yeah, it might be a little funny, you know, but I just think that she can be so mean for the sake of just being mean, you know? She does have a little nasty streak in her, absolutely. Yeah, it was absolutely Casey's fault, but she didn't have to... She knew what she was doing, come on. Yeah, but she also knows that with Casey, she can get away with saying such things. I mean, she would have never said something like that to someone like Ryan or Lex, you know? She might have. With the way that her and Paul used to mouth off to Lex, she might have. I don't know. She's just... She's got... I just... She's... One of those characters for me where I'm like, okay, you have you need to try to like her. She's a child. Patsy does strike me as a completely she's a typical nine year old. Um mm-hmm. it's not an easy age, especially for girls. Um, oh, I know I have a just turned ten year old. Yeah, there's a sassiness that's coming into you. And of course society tells you as a female you're not allowed to be sassy. Uh you're not allowed to be assertive if you're a girl, that's bossy. And when I look at Patsy, I do see a very typical girl of her age. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's trying to emulate her female the elders, you know, by being assertive and knowing what she's talking about. But it always, at that age, just sounds annoying as heck to hear a nine-year-old talk to you like they know what they're talking about. Um, so she has that going for her. And mm-hmm. it also, she dithers between acting very innocent and not knowing what she's talking about to appease the people who are around her, who are older than her and seem innocent and likable to them. But then her true colors come out when she's around her own peers and you see, oh, you're a nasty little thing. Like, I could totally see Patsy being a mean girl on the playground. Yeah. Um, I could yeah. see her swinging back and forth and being really sweet with her teachers, but then being really nasty to a classmate when there's nobody around. You know, um, I'm not saying that Patsy's a terrible person, but I can see that typical behavior in her at that age. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that that's that seems pretty on par. Um, I actually made a joke that every nine-year-old girl sucks. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so hard on Patsy because I'm like, Cadence is the same way. You know, that child is so, such a, oh man, she's so mean and nasty sometimes. And I'm like, I can't relate with you, Patsy. I'm sorry. I just want to smack you in the mouth. Like, I started to suck when I hit nine. I would never do. I know, but I'm just saying it's one of those things, you know. Yeah. Uh, when my niece turned nine and she just started to suck. And I was like, I was, she goes, she goes, auntie. Um, d- you know, daddy said I'm being really annoying. Do you think I'm annoying? I'm like, yes, you are, sweetie. But it's not your fault. You're nine. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, every nine-year-old girl becomes, just gets a lot of suckage. It's not your fault. Uh, yeah, a lot of it. It's, it's horrible. I don't think it ever goes away. You're trying to bridge between being a child and listening to other people and figuring things out for yourself and trying to assert this knowledge that you're gaining for yourself. But you're nine so you sound like an idiot and really condescending and annoying and just like shut up kid you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i love my kids but you're right nine suckage Mm -hmm. and it's hard because it's not like she's doing it on purpose she's this is a natural progression of trying to become i think for me it's like sometimes the way that she treats chloe really just rubs me the wrong way it's like it's like she mimic she's mimicking part of Trudy's behavior. She's mimicking a lot of people's behavior. That's the thing uh-huh. about that age. Or 
trying to be like the older kids, you know, um, you're trying to copy them and how they, and what models do we have in the mold for that? And you're emulating who you want to be like too. That's when you're really figuring out for yourself who you want to be like, you know, and, uh, that's what you follow and that's what you try to imitate and stuff. And yeah, it just comes off as irritating because you're nine. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing or what you're saying. And, um, yeah, so I'm not, I, I just seemed really, I, I wasn't surprised at Patsy's behavior or the way she treats Casey. She's been doing it from the moment Casey came in. Mm-hmm. You know, they made snap judgments about him and treated him accordingly to those. And even though Casey has been nothing but nice to the girls, she still doesn't have a problem mm-hmm. being nasty to him, you know. Says a lot about her upbringing, especially compared to Chloe's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it brings me back to a conversation the kids had um, episodes ago. They're playing a game. And uh, Chloe says, they talk about, I love the Freedom Troopers, blah, blah, blah. And Chloe was like, we had this, this game at home. You know what I mean? And Patsy's like, well, we had the movie. So already there's this one-upmanship. Mm-hmm. And then Patsy says, I miss our house. We had a nice house. But what does Chloe say? I miss my parents. I miss my mom and dad. She doesn't miss stuff, but Patsy misses stuff. You know what I mean? It says a lot about where Patsy came from. You know, I, I, I yeah. definitely had a much more privileged upbringing. And yeah, but did she? I mean, with her having Paul as her brother, I can imagine a lot of attention within the family was always focused on Paul and helping Paul deal with things and just buying her off. Right, but that would explain why she associates nice things. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm about, like stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff. Having stuff being such an important thing. Yeah, materialistic upbringing. Yes. yes. She doesn't say, "I miss my mother." I miss my father. No, she misses. Yeah, she misses Mr. her house. She had mm-hmm. a great house, you know. And Chloe, who's much more empathetic to others and can read the room and seems to care, um, she misses her mom and dad. And that's why it makes me so sad that Chloe puts up with with Patsy being mean to her you know for as long as, sh- as she has i think it's mainly because she's the only other girl her age oh yeah and i know that, that you know that that's the reason but it just makes me sad mm. patsy plays her part she brings something to the friendship you know she may be a mean girl in the budding but she's still also a sweet child and she's charming and she has her moments she has her moments sure. I completely understand how that friendship can form what she brings to the friendship with Chloe. Patsy's the more chipper one. She can be, you know, uh, the more hyperactive, playful, silly one. And I think that's important for Chloe to have in her life. Mm-hmm. And she accepts Chloe for who she is. That is something also very important. Yeah, but she's still mean to her sometimes when it's unnecessary. And I, I think, don't we, I think we all somehow. had a friend. Yeah. I did. I did, and I, I, I had a friend just like Who that. Was the mean one in the group. That Either we were the mean one, or they were the mean. One. <laughs> they were, uh, yeah. I been there. It doesn't take I know to be friends as a child. You know, I you know. a lot. They're your friend. That's it. You're you're the same age. You're the same size, <laughs> and so you're friends. <laughs> I had a couple mean girls as friends. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah that's childhood friendship. but she's not always mean though yeah she's not always mean i don't even think patsy's 
particularly in general. I wouldn't use mean to describe Patsy. No, that's why I, I said she's a little bit of a brat, you know? She mm-hmm. can be a mean girl. She's yeah. definitely to be a mean girl. Because when it comes down to it, when she finds Chloe crying, he's the one who goes to her with a, don't cry, don't be some, somewhere else for us, you'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she, she's bringing her part to that friendship. Chloe, though, it, that is also interesting. Chloe is waiting for the bottom to fall out, where Patsy's like, it's mm-hmm. all going to be okay. Because for Patsy's world, it all was. You yes. Know? Yes. And even when her parents died, guess who swooped in? Celine. You know, yep. I have the feeling that Chloe mm-hmm. was on her own for a while before she found Celine. So even that is the difference between these girls, where Chloe's like, you know, things can fall apart really easily and there will be nobody. Mm-hmm. And here's Patsy going, it'll be okay you know we'll figure it out don't don't worry about it honey you know yeah someone will have us yeah someone will take care of us and patsy also doesn't notice what's happening in the mall where chloe is very aware that something is very Mm -hmm. wrong today (laughs) it feels very wrong but you need that in your friendships you need a sunshine to your shadow yeah i think for these girls it's it's just a very strange day for both of them not only is is Emma not there, but with everything going on with Celine, they've been able to count on her less and less. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really unsettling for a child. Um, yeah, speaking of Celine, that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. Um, so after binging on all the leftovers from the wedding feast, Celine runs out of food and is forced to return to Rowan, who initially turns her away before letting her in, telling her that they can work something out. So with the introduction of Rowan's associates, Dirk and Mitch, and the observation that Celine's desperate, I, that panel, did anyone see where this was going? <laughs> well, it's not going to be good. It's certainly ominous. With the way they were looking at her. Exactly. That's the way, like, the way that Rowan looked at her through that, that people, you that know. That was shocking that they had that. <laughs> like, I know. Like, that alone, you know. And then, like, just the way that she, that she originally looked at her, and then all of a sudden the camera just panned slightly, just a little bit, you know. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> what I found interesting about Rowan was, uh, like, I don't think she, from the moment she met Celine, that she had this plan for Celine. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. Um, I don't think it crossed her mind to use Celine that way. Um, I think it's not until she realized just what a pickle Celine was in, how desperate she was for food. And she's looking at her going, wait a second. I think we could yeah. use you. And then when she's talking, to uh her comrade that's for me that was the most disturbing part is when she's like what do you think and he's like i think she'll do for us and that's like oh my gosh they've had this conversation this is something they've been discussing for a while of what yeah. they do to branch out and how to make more business and how to basically get a greater income that this is not the first time they've considered this thing and yeah. it just happened that celine stepped into it that gave me the chills. Like, who? <laughs> for anyone to have that conversation, like, you know what we need? <laughs> it shows how dark things can really get. Uh, I, I'm actually not sure if Celine was the first person they did this to. Well, I don't know if they've had the chance to do it to anybody yet. That's the thing. I like if. But, I mean, if they did before, it just like reiterates that she didn't plan to do that with Celine from the beginning you know and then she realized okay yeah she's super desperate it's just i guess it shows you know how really like i guess celine has that innocence about her you know yeah like she knows it's dangerous out there but she doesn't know exactly what people are capable of 
I just love the callback to how desperate women have been taken advantage of throughout history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For whatever reason it is, they absolutely need something. And this is how they can be used because yep. of it. Yep. You know, whether they're a young woman who's pregnant at a wedlock or has been abandoned by her husband and she's got children to take care of or whatever, women historically have been the most vulnerable to this sort of thing. And, um, I, I like how they updated it. It's the same kind of awful world. We have a child with bulimia and she absolutely needs food. And so she falls into the same trap of being taken advantage of this way, that desperation. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, nice. Nicely done there. I'm still surprised they got it past the sensors. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. Well done. Very tasteful. Very careful. Very careful. Thought it was great, though. I mean, the slaves were one thing, you know, but this is an entirely different realm. Yeah, but in a society that has gone to shreds as much as this one has, it makes sense they go back to one of the oldest professions for women. Oh, yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. It's just in this show, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for, for it to go there, and that's what, you know, it, it shows how dark things can get. I don't think I knew at the time what they had planned for her. Me neither. Um, like, I didn't know specifically, but I, obviously I knew it wasn't going to be good. Like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw it. I figured they just, they had opened the slavery can of worms. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I figured she'd find herself in the same sort of situation, like an indentured servant to these people and not capable of getting away from them. I just knew, yep. I was like, Celine's going to be trapped. I don't know what she they're going to do. She's going to run herself her, into debt, yeah. And they're not going to let her go. She's yeah. not going to be able to get out of this situation with these people. Uh, I was actually happily surprised as to where it went. I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's new. What a twist. We haven't seen this on children's TV before. Exactly, exactly. I will say there is something slightly disappointing about um, meeting Dirk. Um, you, you have Rowan, who's on her own taking care of things, handling And then you realize, yeah. And then you realize there's a guy right behind her. You know what I mean? It definitely has that sense of, she's the brothel, like she runs the brothel, but he's the owner. And he's the one that's how the women should be treated and on and on. And it just, it had that feeling to it. And I was like, oh, that's, it's almost like um, the theme of predation. She's preying on Celine, but that's to protect herself from being preyed on by other guys like dirt, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, that's very realistic because what are the odds that, you know, someone singular like Rowan could hold on to a food store like this on her own? Oh, yeah, no way, no way. Nice touch of the Old West saloon to it, though. It really did have that feeling of an old-timey brothel. Young, innocent girl gets dragged in there and she's nowhere to go, no money, nothing. And it's like, oh, don't worry, sweetie, we'll take care of you. We can Uh give you something to do. We can help her in a wage. <laughs> You're innocently like, oh, I'll have Felicia's. <laughs> Very ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that brings episode to a close. Uh, thank you very much to the panel. And we'll see you for episode 35. Till then, bye. 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 Bye.